This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just played doctor online. So, last week I had talked at length, two-thirds of the show, about ending one job, having COVID, and starting another job. Uh, the, so, uh, when I did that show last week, I said that I was about to start my first week working pretty much solo in the office. Uh, the office manager, his band, went on tour, and and so that just left me being the guy uh, trying to keep everything flowing through the shop, going through the pipeline, making its way to where it's all supposed to go. And uh, let me tell you something. <laughs> uh, it was... Uh, it was... A little rocky at first. It was it was very hectic. It was a bit overwhelming. There's all these jobs, and lots of them. There was lots of them. I put together a, a little list of a partial list of the jobs that were going through to help me try to organize stuff. But uh, and I, I was rem- uh, I was reminded of my uh, days working at the office. Uh, at Coldside, that's where I'm at now. Coldside Silk Screening. We print T-shirts and sweatshirts, and we, you know, that kind of stuff. And I was reminded of the time that I was working in the office there before, 14 years ago or so. And I would say that uh, essentially my job is doing something else. That's how I would put it. It means that I would get started on one t- pr- one project, trying to get all the information on it, or find out whatever I needed to find out about it, whatever I had to do, and almost invariably there some other thing would take precedence so I'd have to do something else so my job was doing something else I get started on something a, a customer would call in and I'd have to do that or you know it just it just or a printer would come in and say yeah, I need to check a look at this and and it just was you know it, it could be like that when the place is busy and it gets really busy that's that's what can happen. We are heading into what's considered our busy season. January, February, pretty slow. March, April, it begins to ramp up, and and then through the almost to the end of the year, it can be pretty crazy. And from what I'm told by John, that's the office manager, uh, this this off season, the slow season, was actually pretty busy. So, okay. 
Uh, I said that I was pretty much solo in the office. I wasn't completely. Um, one of the owners came in to, to help me out. And he did help me out. Now, he's, he's the, uh, the one owner that got COVID and got really sick. Now, he'd been vaccinated. Uh, he got sick just before Thanksgiving of last year. And he, I think he spent uh, the next three months or so in the hospital. He said there were like three or four weeks where he couldn't even talk. And... Um, yeah, so he's he's uh, he's recovering. He's out. He doesn't have COVID anymore, and he's out of the hospital. He's out of the uh, 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 the rehab that he had to do. But he's still uh, he's lost. He was always pretty thin, so he's he's, I mean, he's lost even more weight from there. And so he's working on uh, getting back together. And and having him there was helpful. Uh, that's nice to say about him because. Um, in the past, sometimes when he's there, he's kind of a hindrance. <laughs> but this here, he was he was helpful, uh, especially answering questions for that I might have and helping me figure some things out, and that was good. Now I thought, I thought that when I left the janitor job, my boss there, who's still my boss because I still clean a couple nights a week, I thought uh, I'd be hearing from him constantly. Where is this? How do I do this? Uh, you know, when do I order this thing? I, where, where do I get this from? Or something, stuff like that. But not really. There was a couple of things about time cards, a couple of things about, you know, about, uh, I guess those time card things were specific to, to me. But uh, otherwise, not much. I, on the other hand, was constantly, <laughs> almost constantly, sending texts to the office manager who said text me call me you know I'll be I'll get back to you as much as you know and help you as much as I can while he's on the road and doing all that stuff so and I was doing that almost all day and <laughs> that's eh, a bit of an exaggeration but not much it did start to get less hectic as the week progressed but still stuff is coming in and I'm trying to get it through it, it you know what it was like? I would have, uh, in my life, I, I have uh, dreams about being at work for only two of the places that I've ever worked, um, at least with any kind of regularity. And one of them is the very place that I'm back working, uh, Coldside. I would have dreams about that place. And the dreams would always have the same theme, and that is... Coltside's gone out of business, and I'm looking inside the building or walking into the building, and one of the bosses, uh, the other one, the one that didn't have COVID, the other is is uh, arranging all the taking the equipment out and and shutting down the building and all that kind of stuff, uh, and it's just real sad sort of dreams because I you know I really like that place and still do like that place, so that was the dreams I have there. The other dreams I would have about a workplace would be Wendy's that job and the dreams that I have have this general theme of I go back to work at Wendy's and I don't know what I'm doing it's like everything's changed everything's so different so this beginning of this week was a was uncanny well not I guess it's not uncanny but eerily similar to those dreams 
I mean, it's not uncanny because it's very much like uh, what was going on in those dreams. I don't know what I'm doing. And there, it's just, it's just all these jobs that had started with John that are now my responsibility, and uh, even though John was helping me, uh, it's still, you know, it's still, it's just, ugh. And um, I will say this, and I'm going to have this talk with John when he comes back. Phone numbers for customers, please. I want phone numbers for customers <laughs> or emails, but to have to scroll through the emails to try to figure out, you know, uh, how to contact people and ask to ask some questions or let them know their job's done or whatever. One job, only one job so far that has been completed, that has gone through the shop completely by you know uh, involving only me uh has has happened just one one job it's for a, a a local band that they're they're going on a tour and they needed some shirts and they had some other shop doing just you know they're printing for them and uh the dad of uh, two of the uh, these two fellows are brothers and and they have another other members of the band i guess but these two fellows are brothers they came in and said yeah dad was saying you know because he, he told us, he, uh, the, the dad told us when we doing a, did a rush job from just recently, he says, you know, I keep telling him, go with Coldside, go with these guys, because you, the other guys, they, they don't do as well, and they kind of screw up or whatever. So go with these guys. They pulled your fanny out of the fire on more than one occasion by getting product for them in a hurry, which we don't like to do often. We usually have like a, a two-week turnaround, but sometimes, you know, we can we, we we can get stuff done a little quicker. It just depends on what's going on in the shop. So these guys came in. They had a new design for us. They gave us the art and all that kind of stuff. And I shepherded the job through from beginning to end. And we got it done. It actually much quicker than I expected to, because that's kind of how it goes in the shop. Sometimes there's a there's an opening that a printer goes and looks for the jobs to be printed. He says, oh, uh, he spots the one and says, well, I can knock that one out. So he goes and takes it, sets it up, knocks it out, and next thing you know, the job's done. And we had promised it to be ready by, you know, another week uh, out. And and that's kind of what happened with these guys. So there's only one job where I knew what was happening from the beginning to the end. Now what's going to happen, because uh, John is going to be gone for six weeks, well, five now, Who's counting? <laughs> I am. Uh, he's gonna he, he, eventually all of the jobs that he had started before leaving on his tour, the jobs that are on my plate now, all those jobs will work their way through. And eventually, you know, by the time he's back, all the jobs that are in the shop will all be mine because he's not there to take the you know the jobs. So uh, it was a uh, it was a hectic week. Um, it did settle down a bit toward the end. But uh, I do like being back there. It just feels comfortable. It feels, I don't know, it just feels right. And I can act a little bit more like myself. <laughs> Not that I couldn't do that at the janitor job, but acting like yourself when you're all by yourself was, well, that's, you know, what's the big deal? If you can't act like yourself in front of other people, I don't know. I was going to say something philosophical, but I couldn't think of anything. So it's, uh, it's it's pretty good that we were able to um, uh, to get through this uh, this first week that I was able to get through it. We'll see how the second week goes and uh, see if it starts to make a little more 
sense to me, but boy, I tell you, it was whew, it was quite a start to the week. Oh, um, last week when I talked about the COVID stuff, I ended by saying uh, that I through the COVID, through it all, and you know, ending one job and starting another job, through all that, I have still been getting my ten thousand steps a day. Well, I've made a, dis, uh, a a bit of a decision on here. Uh, I'm not doing the ten thousand steps a day anymore. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I I changed. I lowered my goals. My daily goals to five thousand steps a day. I'll tell you why. Science. Uh, I was uh, there's uh, there's a YouTube channel. I believe it's called Health Triage. I'll link to this particular video on the show notes page. You get to the show notes by show notes by going to dimland.com uh, and you click on the show notes blog option and you'll get to this week's show stuff and you'll have links in there and a little extra thoughts that I thought of like again if you're not if you're not checking out the blog you're only getting 79.25% of the show so you know check out the the show notes to get the whole thing anyway health triage uh, the fellow that hosts that had this uh, this topic was the 10,000 steps. Do we really need to do 10,000 steps? Is that the ideal? Is that really going to help us be healthy and all that? Uh, and it's the 10,000 thing is a bit arbitrary. It's it's like the 10,000 hours of practice on something makes you an expert. You know, it makes you you know a professional or whatever. You know, 10,000 hours playing violin and you're going to be as good as Yo-Yo Ma. Well, no, not really. It's not, it's, some people, it, you know, 10,000 hours, did I, I wonder, did I say 10,000 steps playing violin, or did I say 10,000 hours? I don't know. I don't have a producer to tell me what they heard, but you tell me. Anyway, so 10,000 hours playing, practicing violin will, will work for some people to get them to professional level. Uh, some people will need more. Some people will need less. It's not. It's 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 not even average, right, as far as I know. And for stepping, you know, it's the, for health wise. It, it's it's good not to be sedentary all day long. It's good to get up and walk around, and move around, and all that kind of stuff. But I was when I saw that and I listened to the guy and what he was saying seemed pretty reasonable and seemed like it was pretty well supported by science. And I thought, you know, I'm taking like two hours of my day. To walk around when, because it takes, if, if I walk for two hours straight, I'm going to get to 10,000 steps. That's what I'm going to do. Maybe a little more. So I decided, okay, I'm not going to obsess about it. But you know, that's the thing. These apps that you'll get, you put it on your phone, and it's, the app almost just manipulates you into doing more and more steps. Oh, I want to beat that. I want to beat that. I want to do this. Oh, I'm, I'm, my, I'm averaging more than before. So you just kind of ramp up and ramp up. Now, I still do get 10,000 step days. In fact, yesterday it was, like, it was over 12,000 steps, and I believe, what was that? Today, 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 Friday, as I record this, it's over 12,000 steps. I think Wednesday I did over 15,000 steps, but that's because I cleaned my buildings on those two nights, Wednesdays and Fridays. So, you know, not only and not only that, the uh, where I'm working now, I do a lot more walking around because there's stuff that there's places I need to get to in the shop to do the job I got to do. So I got to walk into the shop and talk to the printer. I got to walk upstairs, go to the art department. You know, there's a, there's a lot more walking around that I do in the job than I did at the janitor thing. So I, I think I think I'll be fine 
just setting the goal down to 5,000 steps a day instead of the 10,000. <laughs> I hope you're not disappointed, but it's just uh, need a, that little bit of extra time not taken out of my day, just pacing back and forth, right? So that extra hour or so. Uh, yeah, it's. I hope you're not disappointed. Um, now, I'm. Uh, one thing that you won't be disappointed in is I'm going to go to my first break. Yes, that's right. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio channel uh, the network. That's what it is. And uh, I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. I'll be back after this break. You know, if I can maneuver into a tight parking spot at the mall, I'm pretty much sexually satisfied. And I've been to the mall twice today already. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and, of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. He's endlessly pushing the rock of reason up the hill of paranormal. It's Dr. Dim, and you're listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. But we give those other guys the finger. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. And welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Uh, it's been a while. I have to do one of these. Okay, what am I arguing about now? You may know this about me. Uh, I absolutely hate the the celebrity judged song and dance or other talent reality game shows. I hate them. I hate America's Got Talent. I hate American Idol. I hate these shows. I hate them, hate them, hate them. (laughs) And I'm mainly judging them by the commercials. Because I don't watch them, and I'll see the commercials, and I just look at I just I just I look at them. I just oh God, I hate that. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. 
I'm not judging you if you like them. You're, it's art. It's bad art, but it's art. And art is subjective. And if you like it, if you're entertained by it, well, don't let this curmudgeon put you off it or make you feel guilty for it. You shouldn't. You should never feel guilty about liking something. I don't believe in guilty pleasures. If you like it, you like it. As long as it's legal, nobody's being hurt, you know, that kind of thing. But if you if you think the Partridge family uh, have some great songs, well, I agree with you. Don't feel guilty about it. I don't. I like it. I like what I like. Again, nobody's being hurt. And so if you like these shows, like them. Just know that I hate them. Okay? I absolutely hate them. And I also hate the, you know, the... The the you know the not so you know same sort of thing like you know people come out and sing and dance but other uh, reality game show type shows that where people compete against each other you know and I I I, it, I might have lesser hate for them but I still don't care for them you know that's, I, I it, Amazing Race was the one that wasn't so bad and Survivor which I don't care for. Uh, my, I watched it a little bit with my wife a while back, and, and you could get sucked into it. I, it. If they're done well, I guess, but I never did like listening to what's-his-name call the, uh, the, uh, the competitions that they were doing on Survivor. It's just always annoying. It always annoyed me. But anyway, now, the, the ones I absolutely hate are the ones like American Idol and America's Got Talent and all that kind of crap. And the one that I hate the most is the masked singer. God, I hate that thing. Or my lack of God. I hate that show. And again, most of this is based on just looking at it in the commercials. I'd look at it and i think, could could uh, anti-vaxxer Jenny McCarthy and actual Dr. Ken Jong is that his name, could they act more surprised? And there are other celebrity guests, or celebrity hosts on there. There's Robin Thicke and there's two others that I don't know. I'll tell you why that I know that there's five. But Whenever I see the commercial, you've got McCarthy and Sean, they're just screaming how surprised they are, and they're jumping up and down and freaking all out. I'm, I'm expecting one of them to jump up on top of the of the, the, the dais that, or table or whatever you call that thing that they sit behind to jump up on there so they can look even more surprised. And then Kim Jong, he runs off and grabs a stepladder to bring it back on the stage and climb up to the top of the ladder and say, look how surprised I am! They're not that convincing <laughs> that they're surprised. They're not very good actors. Now, you know, Ken is actually, I hope I got his name right, he's, he's a pretty good actor. I mean, he's been in stuff, and he's been good, and he's, you know, but he's, and this, his acting surprised, I, I don't buy any of it. Now, this is just based on the commercials. And, of course, you got anti-vaxxer uh, Jenny McCarthy there. She should be not there, but, you know, what are you going to do? It's America. They let people like her, who are damaging so many lives, who've done so much damage, that just let her still doing, her, you know, whatever. Okay. Why do I bring this up? I listen to Penn Sunday School. And that's a, that's a podcast. Hosted by... 
Penn Gillette of Penn and Teller. You've heard of Penn and Teller, haven't you? And he has a couple of co-hosts, Michael Godot and Matt Donnelly. And it's an enjoyable show when they're not talking about food. Oh God, they gotta. It's they don't do it all the time, and they you know they don't do it every show. They but boy, I tell you, they just they're all vegans, and God, you gotta know that they're vegans. You just gotta know it. You know, it's just that they gotta tell you they're vegans, and it's just you know that's the joke. That's the old. That's the that's the joke that goes around. How do you know someone's vegan? Don't worry, they'll tell you. So it, it's that's. Penn Sunday School has become the embodiment of that, and I don't know why it, I, it bothers me so much. I, he talked about food before when he before he went on this crazy diet and lost all this weight, and before he became vegan. You know, he talked about food before, and it didn't bother me. But I don't know; it just bothers me. I don't know why. You know, it's, it, it just does. It's a it's a me thing. I don't know. But okay. Now Pendulette and Teller. But Penn, more often, will show up on these kinds of shows. He was on Celebrity Apprentice a couple of times. He was on uh, Dancing with the Stars, which I hate that one too. He was on that. And he, t- he tells his audience on his podcast why he does those. He does those shows because he wants to sell tickets to Penn & Teller at the casino thing, the hotel, whatever they're, they're in. The Penn and Teller Theater at the, I can't remember it anymore, but out there in Vegas, right? So he does it to sell tickets. He's, he's honest about it. That's why I do it. That's why I, go, I, I can't dance, but I'm going to go on the thing and I'm going to promote it. He went on Celebrity Apprentice. He would have won, but asshole who hosts the show, who somehow became our president for four years, <laughs> didn't like Penn. Didn't like him that much. Anyway. Because oh, years ago, you know, when Asshole was just a game show host on television, uh, and he had in one season he had Adam Carolla and and Pendulette as c- celebrities on the Celebrity Apprentice thing, right? Yeah, both of them were on there. And at the time, I was listening to Adam Carolla's podcast back then, and still enjoying it. Before I got tired of his "I'm rich because I work harder than you do" bullshit, and and his libertarianism started really bothering me. Um, even though Pendulet himself was a libertarian, and uh, but the pandemic has uh, got him rethinking things. But anyway, uh, the two of them were going to be on that uh, on the same season. They were going to be on the show together, and they were talking about it on their. Uh, respective podcasts, and I thought, well, that sounds interesting. I'll give it a shot. What do you? What, yeah, I like the two. I think they're funny, and I'll, I'll give it a shot. So, uh, uh, after the show had aired on television, it was on NBC's website. So I, I went there and I and I started watching it. I got about eight minutes in, and I said, oh yeah, I hate these shows. In that in that format, what I hate about it is the is the is the is the celebrity or the person you know, Big Brother, whatever the show is, sitting and talking to the camera about so and so just didn't respect me, or we're gonna get an alliance here, and my feelings were hurt there, and this I just I don't care, <laughs> I don't care, I don't I don't care, you know I just after after like three or four of those or five or six of them, I don't know how many. Even with Adam or Penn doing them, in that first, I don't know, eight minutes of the show, I said, I don't like this. I'm not watching this anymore. Okay? All right. 
so recently on Penn's, you know, you'd think I'd learn, on Penn's podcast, he talked about that, that Penn and Teller were on The Masked Singer, my most hated of all these. They were on that, right? So he's talking to his co-hosts about how he kept it secret. He kept it secret from his family. He kept it secret from his co-worker, you know, the, his co-hosts on the on the uh, on the podcast. He kept it secret from from everybody on on the Fool Us, uh, the one reality game show, if that's it, you can call it that. That I don't hate because it's a magic show. It's just magicians coming out, showing what they can do, and seeing whether or not Penn and and Teller can figure out what they did. It's 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 not it's not as annoying as all the other ones. So that's that fool us show. Well, <clears throat> um, Penn says you know the, uh, he, he's he kept it secret. Now, when you listen to his podcast, you'll hear him tell things that he shouldn't be telling about projects he's doing. You know, some show appearance he's going to be on some show. He'll talk about. It. He says, "Well, I really, I'm not supposed to talk about this, but I'm going to talk about it." And he talks about it. But he kept this secret until it aired, and even his family, uh, uh, Moxie, his uh, uh, his child, who I believe is uh, identifies as non-binary. I think that's how Moxie is uh, uh, is. Um, anyway, Moxie come running because. Penn had been sort of singing to himself this this song that was one of the songs that he and Teller were practicing doing or whatever. So he was kind of singing that around the home, and the family was saying, "You're going to meet." You know, he would just tell people he's got meetings in Los Angeles, and yeah, it might be meeting on Saturday, and they might again on Sunday. We'll see. You know, but he just kept it from him. And she, it's, I can't say she, um, they, she, uh, they, Moxie, come running in uh, when she. Uh, it's hard. I'm sorry. It's hard. It is, but it's that's me. It's me to get it figured out because you know gender. Well, I'll have a talk about that next week, I think. But it'll be part of something I'm working on. Uh, anyway, Moxie got freaked out and yelled at Penn <laughs> on how he was able to keep that secret. What the f, Dad? <laughs> what the f? you know? So okay. So Penn. Talking about what they did, how they made the costume, the the, 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 the mask stuff and the costume they go in. It had three heads on it, sort of to throw people off. And that uh, uh, Penn and Teller said, you know, the best way to do this if we're going to fool anybody is to have Teller do most of the singing. Because people don't really know Penn or Teller's voice. They know Penn's voice. In fact, I would say Penn's voice is one of the most recognizable voices in America today. Now, maybe it's just because I listen to his podcast. He comes out twice a week, and I listen to it every week. Yeah, maybe I'm just so familiar with it. Because, okay, this is what I did. It sounded interesting. You see, you think I would have learned. The Celebrity Apprentice that Adam Carolla and Penn were on sounded interesting. The way they talked about it, it sounded interesting. But in reality, when I watched it, it was just the same shit that I hate. So, <clears throat> so I listen to Penn talk about it. He makes some good jokes about it. He has some fun. He talks about the behind the scenes and how they did the costume and what the, you know how what they wore inside the costume, how they practiced and everything and, and all that and how it went. 
And, okay, I thought, all right, I'll check it out. So I go to the YouTube, and I, I there's, there's lots of options, but there were two videos on YouTube. One was the performance uh, uh, with with Penn and Teller performing the song uh, Sharp Dressed Man by ZZ Top. And they're in the costume, and they're doing the thing. And the costume, it doesn't really move around much, but, you know, whatever. It's two guys in there. And I think the hosts, or the celebrity guests, or the celebrity judges, uh, or celebrity guessers, whatever they call them, um, I think they knew that there were two people in there. Because they all guessed a two-people team when they were guessing. One was, one said something like, uh, "What was it?" Uh, the anti-vaxer said Bert and Ernie, and I don't know. It's it, it's the, the the four first four were wrong, and then the fifth one got got it. And I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, of the panel. She would have been the one that I thought might not know it because she's younger than everybody else in the panel. So maybe younger people don't recognize Penn's voice. But here's the thing: they play the, they do the. I'm watching the performance. I'm listening to him singing. I because okay, that's Teller singing because I'm not recognizing the voice. The moment Penn opens his mouth to sing, I mean, the second he starts singing, well, that's Penn. If I, I imagined myself being one of the ju celebrity judges. Oh, let's go to Dr. Dim. What's your guess? I'm like, it's Penn and Teller. It's Penn and Teller. Do you guys who recognize Penn Gillette's voice? One of the most recognizable voices in America right now. You don't recognize that voice? For crying out loud, I caught it within a second of him opening his mouth. God, you people are stupid. And I wouldn't act surprised at all. It's, yeah, it's Penn and Teller. Ugh. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, they, they do the review. So, I, I watched about a third of the performance video because, okay, I've got enough. I've had enough. I don't need this. I'm not watching this anymore because they keep showing the judges and they're going, oh, who could it be? Oh, who could it be? Mm, they show the audience, oh, who could that be? Ooh, with these, oh, God, I hate this shit. <laughs> so I turned it off and I go to the reveal. And they, they, they start by pulling the head off the, the center head. They pull that off. And uh, uh, out out comes this you know slowly revealing itself is a as a hand puppet of a of a bunny, and the bunny is coming out of a out of a, a top hat you know like it's a magic thing and the bunny and, and they and Jenny says well maybe it is Bert and Ernie don't get vaccinated oh sorry <laughs> she didn't say that and so maybe it is Bert and Ernie. No, no, it's Penn and Teller. It's a hat. It's a rabbit in a top hat. That's magic. Ugh. <laughs> then they get the other two heads off, and it's it's Penn and Teller. And, of course, they act like they are absolutely shocked, jumping up and down. Oh, my God. Oh, somebody take a fire hose to all of them. Please. Even Penn and Teller. What the hell are you people doing? I know, you're trying to sell tickets. Penn says, oh, it was a great time. We had a great time. Oh, that, you know, it was very gracious. It's fine. <clears throat> and, and, and when they take the heads off of these people, the masks, 
off these off these celebrities. The audience has to start screaming, "Take it off! Take it off!" Oh, please. And the worst aspect of it all. All that stuff is horrible. And I, the worst, the, the thing that made me, that made my stomach turn is they play a song while the reveal is happening. While the crowd is yelling, take it off. They play a song. Can you guess what that song might be? Can you, be, can you guess which band it might be? Or should I say, can you guess which band, uh, or can you guess who the band might be? Yeah, it's The Who. And it's the song, Who Are You? I guess it makes sense, but... Ugh. <laughs> I hate those shows. I hate them. Absolutely. Uh, unequivocally. Un just undeniably. I hate, hate them. What I don't hate is taking a break. Uh, you're listening to Dimline Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. I'll be back after this. Oh, I hate those shows. Just, oh, I can't. Just, oh, God, they're just... Oh, this is a good song. to Z Talk Radio, the number one choice for music, sports, news, and talk radio. So keep that dial locked to ztalkradio.com. Hey everyone, this is Professor Dave. I want to teach you about all kinds of things regarding science. I want to tell you about physics. I want to tell you about chemistry, biology, astronomy, math, and many, many more things. Come check me out on YouTube. The channel is called Professor Dave Explains. Take it easy. He knows a lot about the science stuff. Professor Dave Explains. Hey, y'all. This is Tangina. You're going to give me whiplash looking up there, too. I've cleaned many houses, and I don't know what it is that hovers over Dr. Dim's house, but it was strong enough to punch a hole into this world and take his wallet away from him. And I think what we might be dealing with is the beast. Hold on. Did you just say that Dr. Dim doesn't believe in poltergeists, tiny fortune tellers, or the beast? Well, holy sh! Why the didn't somebody tell me? Anyway, Dr. Dim's a skeptic. He'll be right back on ztalkradio.com. I still think this house is clean. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Oh, well, that's this world over. Oh, well, next one begins. Oh, 
And welcome back to Dimland Radio here in the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Uh, uh, I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. What? What? what you, no, look. Kitty, I told you, I don't know how many times, Reiki doesn't do anything. Waving your hands over someone who's got some energy problems to heal their energy field doesn't do anything. You know why people feel better when they go to someone like a Reiki performer? You know why? Because because the place is it's it's comfortable. It's got low lighting. It might have some candles lit. It might have some nice scents going on. Some soft music, and a person that goes in there gets a chance to just relax. No, I'm telling you, they just get a chance to relax, and then they're they're held. Healthcare professional, do you see the quotes I'm doing, Kitty? Do you see them? The healthcare professional spends time paying attention and listening to them and all that. So it's just a soothing time. So of course the person feels better. They had a chance to just stop their hectic day to relax. Of course they feel better. When they go to a doctor's office and they go into the examination rooms at a doctor's office in a clinic or something, it's going to be well lit because you know why? Because the doctors and the nurses need to be able to take a look at the patient. And if they can't, you know, they need the kind of lighting where they can see if maybe the skin is jaundiced or something like that. They, they need that kind of thing. And well, you know, our system isn't great. They, the doctors need to see a certain number of patients and all that kind of thing in order to, to do what they got to do. But it's just Reiki doesn't work, okay? So would you stop trying to get me to do something with a Reiki person? Okay? Ugh, sorry. Felinus interrupt us. So anyway, <clears throat> I do have a cool thing to talk about, and it is related to the Who. And this is a good, cool thing. Um, it's a video on YouTube. I've talked about this young woman before. Her name is Sina. Uh, my friend Craig um, uh, let me know about her on the internets. Uh, she has a YouTube channel where um, she's a she's a musician. She plays drums. Uh, I think she plays other instruments as well. But uh, primarily, uh, her videos have her playing drums. And what she does is she'll play along with um, uh, with songs that are. Uh, I think her father. Yeah, her father's a musician who's been in uh, uh, other bands. Um, I think he was in a Beatles tribute band or something. And um, anyway, uh, he he has he can lay down tracks of the songs that'll sound like this, the ones that she's doing the drums to. It'll sound like it. But sometimes she uses the actual song. Now, I don't know how they drop out the drum part of the actual song and she does the fill for it, but somehow they do it. And, um, and I think this video, if I'm remembering correctly, actually dropped back in, I think, January of 2021. It's just that I didn't see it until couple weeks ago and it's a it's another of her tributes to Keith Moon the uh, the uh, the the legendary drummer from the of the who uh, uh, legendary for his drumming and legendary for his destroying hotel rooms and driving cars into pools and being a you know a madman yeah it's I guess uh, Joe Walsh said uh, words to the effect that uh, the scariest day in his life is when he realized Keith Moon decided to like him or something to that effect so uh, anyway uh, Cena is she's really good she, I think this is the third video that she's done where she plays uh, Keith Moon's part 
in a in a Who song. Um, in, in fact, uh, in this video, it's actually four Who songs. It's the first four tracks on their uh, breakthrough album, Tommy, the the album that made the Who superstars. Uh, they were doing fairly well before then, as far as getting singles on charts on the charts and things. They were doing fairly well, but they just weren't because they were destroying all their instruments and it cost so much money to do that. Uh, they weren't really making any money. But Tommy put them into the uh, into the black, <laughs> took them out of the red and put them into the black as far as the money was going, and they they did really well. So uh, she plays the first. Uh, she plays two, the first four tracks, and it's the actual songs from the album. It's just they somehow they dropped out uh, Keith Moon's parts, and they have her uh, playing the drum parts. And she does a really good job. I mean, she really nails it. Um, there's there's a difference though. She plays with traditional grip uh, with her drums and hold her drumsticks. And she holds the sticks uh, in what's called traditional. This is what I learned from George Robb on his podcast, The Geologic Podcast, which is a good podcast. You should check it out. George Robb is a musician, and primarily drums is his uh, is his instrument, but uh, he can play guitar and he can play bass and piano. Um, but uh, drums is his, you know, is his, uh, the major instrument that he, that he plays. And he talks about uh, the traditional grip, and the the and traditional grip. If you try to picture it, if you watch uh, like jazz drummers, will do it a lot. Um, band drummers, you know, marching band drummers will do it uh, because of the. Uh, uh, I guess it came from the idea of having to hold the. It, it might be a snare drum that they're playing to be able to hold that hold that drum while they're marching, and and not have it be awkward. So the it's usually the left hand. The left hand will face upward, and the they'll hold the drumstick across. You know. Uh, their hand in an upward position and they'll play it that way while the other hand the right hand usually will be face down and hold the drum that way the drum stick that way and that's how they play and that's how Cena was playing when she was doing this particular video uh, I see her do matched grip now matched grip is uh, when both hands are the palms are down and the drums are held the same way that's how Keith Moon always played. As far as I've seen, I've never seen him play in a traditional grip. I've always seen him play matched grip. So that was one difference between the two. But she just, she, I'm telling you, she nails it. It's great. It's just, just great watching her do it. Uh, and it was one thing, just watching her play. Because one of the things about Keith Moon was that he, and, and, and Cena even brings this up in the video. She has, she has some text that comes around where she talks about one of the exciting things about Keith Moon's playing was you didn't know where it was going to go. You didn't know what he was going to do. And she said she suspected that sometimes Keith Moon didn't know what he was going to do. It just, it just, he went with the music. He felt it. He, uh, Townsend had said, you can say what you will about how he played, but the one thing about Keith Moon is he always listened. He listened to what John Entwistle was doing and playing the bass. He listened to to Pete on on guitar. He'd listen and he he'd work inside what those guys were doing, and he just he'd compliment them and he'd lead them and he'd follow them and he just it was just he was nutty, right? So his drumming would be maybe considered sloppy, uh, certainly unconventional. Um, but when when Cena does those first four tracks off of Tommy, which are Overture, It's a Boy, 1921, and Amazing Journey. It's those four tracks. And one thing that I noticed 
when listening to uh, when watching her play the track uh, tw- uh, 1921 was how conventional the drums are. It's pretty much keeping the beat and you know just adding a little texture and some fills here and there and just keeping the beat. It's not it's it's not you know it's it's fairly traditional drum playing, rock and roll drum playing, which is not what Keith Moon is thought of doing when you think about how he how he plays drums and then it goes into the next song amazing journey and she's doing the stuff that keith moon you know the the crazy stuff where's it going to go uh you know coming out of time going back into time uh with the song and just it's just really neat it's great to be able to see somebody that that had spent as much time as she spent well i don't know if it was ten thousand hours more less who knows who cares but she spent a lot of time honing her craft and getting good at what she does and it's just really something to watch i will link it on the show notes it's super cool you gotta check it out uh sena sena i think it's sena she's from germany and um she's got a lot of uh of uh videos of her doing tributes to other drummers there's one for ringo star and and she just plays along with other songs in fact with that one, she put up a. She says, "Let me know in the comments if you want me to do a, you know, do the whole album." And I put in the comments, "Yes, do the whole album. It'll be fun." Oh, excuse me, I had to have a, had to have a little sip. Throat was beginning to dry out. Uh, the COVID after effects of my um, getting a little short of breath are still sort of happening. Uh, but it, I think it's getting a little bit better. Um, I hope it's getting better because I, you know, even though I have turned down my steps to five thousand a day, walk up some stairs, it's still a little bit there, but it's not too bad. Oh, kitty! I told you, Reiki doesn't work. Now, now you go on upstairs. Go on. Don't make me throw a pillow at you. I'll do it. Oh, she's asking for it. Get upstairs. <laughs> There she goes. I didn't hit her. I never hit her when I throw a pillow at her. I throw it away from her. She, I, I, I promise you, I never hit her with the pillow. <laughs> anyway, but she ran upstairs. Uh, okay. Um, another cool thing is baseball's back. Oh, yeah. I know. You're all hitting. You're going for the skip ahead, skip ahead, skip ahead. Well, fine. Do that. Don't learn anything. Fine. See if I care. Uh, this season was delayed in its beginning because the owners um, uh, put in a lockout to keep the players from from playing. Uh, spring training was delayed, and the first couple of weeks of the season. I don't know if they're going to make it up at some point, or if they just, just just decided to lop it off or whatever. I, I'm not sure how that's going to work out. But it's it's uh, it's really cool. To see to have baseball back again, uh, there's been a there's some developments in the game. They try to make improvements to it and make some changes. Um, this season, there's a bit of technology, a little bit of science improving baseball, a little bit of technology. See, for forever in baseball, since they figured out how to do it, the catchers would. Um, Give finger signals to the pitcher, calling what the next pitch should be—a curveball, fastball, 
you know, knuckleball, whatever, you know, just, just calling inside, out, high, low, you know, the catcher would, would give these, 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 you know, finger signals and, and the, the pitcher would, uh, would say, yeah, I'll do that pitch. Or they'd shake up, no, I don't want to do that pitch. And then the catcher would say, well, how about try it? How about doing this one? And then they, they decided on the pitch. So the pitch, the catcher knows what to expect coming, you know, from the pitcher. So doesn't miss the ball. Well, the innovation that's come up this season is there a bit there's a bit of technology that the catcher can 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 uh, wear on his thigh uh, underneath the pad where you can get to it and it's a little keyboard a little uh, it's got a few keys on it not many but he can he can press some buttons and what that will do is in the pitcher's hat uh, in his ball cap he's got a little uh, uh, receiver there and a, a voice a computerized voice will say, you know, curveball inside. And so, so, he, so the, the pitcher will hear that. So rather than uh, running the risk of uh, the catcher's uh, signals being, uh, being spotted by someone on second base, or maybe in the case of the Houston Cheaters, the Houston Astros, uh, somebody with a video camera out in center field trained on the, the, the catcher's hands so they can see the signal, and then relay it into the hitter so that the hitter knows what to expect uh, and gets a better chance to hit the ball. Um, they've taken that bit of cheating possibility away by using this little device. So, you know, maybe they can crack into the signal, find the frequency, and be able to hear it themselves. I don't know, but this is supposed to help. Now, not all the teams are using it. Not all the catchers and pitchers are using it, but some of them are. And it's kind of a neat little, neat little innovation. You know, this is, you know, science. Yay, science, making things better. And uh, part of the uh, uh, benefit of it is, is they think that it's speeding the game up a little bit. Uh, and so yes, I think that's a, that's a cool aspect. And I guess next season there's going to be a couple of changes as well about how things are going to go. One of them, I'm not sure how I feel about it, putting on a, a clock in the game of baseball. It's the game will still go, you know, nine innings or however many innings it takes to finish the game. They'll still have that. It won't have like a time clock like uh, football has or hockey has, basketball, all the other sports. But um, uh, it will, it, 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 the clock will be put in place to hurry up the pitches. You know, some pitchers take forever between pitches. They got to walk around the mound. They got to you know scratch themselves. They got to spit a few times. They got to you know pick their nose and then do a little farmer sneeze. They got to do all that, sh that stuff and then kick dirt around and all that and then decide which pitch they're going to throw and then finally they pitch. So the idea is that you're going to have like a you know from from the time that the pitcher gets the ball back, he's got I don't know 25 seconds. I'm not sure how many seconds it's going to be to make the next pitch. And if he doesn't, I don't know what they do. They put a they they put a ball on the the hitter or something. I, I'm not sure what the rule is going to be. And then there's this thing called the shift. They put the shift on the, the defense. That they'll they'll stack one side of the outfield, infield and outfield, with uh, with defensive players because a hitter tends to hit the ball to that side of the field, so that you know it's much easier to get an out. They're gonna they, and they've done it where it's ridiculous how they'll shift the players over there. I mean, it's ridiculous. You know, third baseman is on second base, and the shortstop is out in mid, you know, right field, and it's just, it's just, oh, what, what are you guys doing? So, 
Um, you know, and instead of the hitters learning how to hit to where they ain't, you know, hit it where they ain't. <laughs> it's the old phrase. Just hit them where they're not. Hit them where they ain't. Yeah, it's, it hit, you know, hit the ball where they ain't. Let's do that. Instead of doing that, they just keep hitting, and it goes to the same part of the field that they generally hit to, and then they get it out. Yeah. <clears throat> but <clears throat> with the with with this little bit, uh, I do have uh, another one. If you believe it or not, another one of these. Now this one isn't so bad, actually. I mean, it started off. I was fuming. I was furious. I was. I was. I wrote an email. <laughs> I thought, what is ESPN doing? See, with baseball back, there's a game on Sunday nights, and I look forward all week long to that Sunday night ball game through the generosity of a friend. I'm able to log into their online uh, uh, Xfinity account. And so I can watch the games on my laptop. So I put on the headphones, I put the laptop on my lap, and I watch the game, and I look forward to it every week during baseball season. It's just, you know, I just it's just the end of my weekend, and I really enjoy it, uh, and, and, and it's great. Except... The first game of this season, I tune in, the game starts playing, and up there in the upper left-hand corner of my screen is a little box that's, that sits just underneath the little, uh, the, the little uh, graphic that tells you the score, tells you, who's, you know, if there's people on base, how many balls and strikes there are. gives you all that information for the game. Just underneath that is this box with the faces of, with two fellas sitting in there, right? They're sitting in that box. We're looking at them. It's Michael Kay and Alex Rodriguez. And what they're doing is talking about baseball and talking about the game, and they're watching the game. We, the viewers of baseball, watching this Sunday night game, get to watch two other guys watching the game. And I said, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I don't need to see these people. I don't. I barely want to hear them. I want to watch the game. But no, I've got these two numbnuts up there going on and on and on and on about whatever. And I want to watch the game. I'm distracted by these two assholes while I'm trying to watch the game. And not only that, at some point they brought in a third person another box pops open up in that corner of the screen and it's david ortiz i said what the what are you guys doing i want to watch the game stop ruining it for me oh i was fuming spitting mad practically but then i realized i was on espn 2 i mean i turned it off I said, oh, that's it. They screwed Sunday Night Baseball. I'm not watching that anymore if this is what they're going to do. I can't imagine anybody wanting to watch that. Why would you want to watch? Why? Why would you find that interesting in any way at all? And then I realized I was watching ESPN 2. What about just regular ESPN? 
So I try. I got to regular ESPN, and ah, oh, there's the game. There it is, done the way it's supposed to be done, with the guys in the booth and the players on the field playing the game. Oh yeah, they still had to mic up one of the players, a shortstop. They had to mic him up and put an earpiece in there so they could talk to him while he was playing the game. I hate that. I hate it. ESPN, listen to me. Read my lips. I hate that. I don't care if the guy's clever or interesting. I don't want to know. I just want to watch the game. Let that guy play the game, and let's let us watch the game, and you guys just talk about it, okay? Everybody should know their place. He's a shortstop. He doesn't have that much time to react if somebody hits the ball to him. But still, they only do it for one inning, half of an inning, and then, you know, return to normal calling of the game. But I didn't have those two, you know, those two dipshits standing up to, you know, up there in the corner going, well, I think baseball's good. You're like, well, I like baseball. What do you like baseball? Oh, look, that guy swung a bat at the ball. That was pretty good. Yo, I think that he's pretty good. Oh, God. And I'm told, I'm told that this is done in football. This has started, ESPN started doing this in football with the Peyton and Eli Manning. Those guys up in the corner talking about the guy. I, why? Why would somebody be that? Who is interested in that? What is wrong with people? I, that's, that's, that's just what I want to, that's what I want to know. What is wrong with people? Good night, Adolfo. Good night, Frau Blucher. Okay, it was a ranting kind of show, but I did put in some cool things in there, so hopefully it's not too bad. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, wear a mask if you think you should. I, you probably should. Wash your hands, you know, keep your distance, get your vaccinations, get your boosters. I got my parents set up for their boosters, so they're good to go. And they, they got them. That's good. I got to get mine. Um, and anyway, you've been listening to Jim Land Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network, and I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Simmons, reminding you to sleep with the lights off. can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option, and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in.
What did you think of tonight's installment of Dimland Radio? Wow. Wow. Well, well I'm going to hell. hell.